On today's episode of A Measure of Faith, I'm your host, Jacob Jones, and today I'm going to share with you the amazing, miraculous story of how God called me to the city of Decatur, Alabama to start a church. We had to move our family 2,000 miles to do it, but I'll show you how we knew for sure that it was God's will. If you've ever asked yourself, is God real? Is there more to life? Are miracles possible? Then you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. Here's your host, Jacob Jones, pastor of River City Pentecostals in Decatur, Alabama, hoping to increase your measure of faith with inspirational stories and the truth of God's word. Hey there, and welcome to the second episode of A Measure of Faith. I'm so glad that you decided to join me today again. Hopefully you got a chance to listen to the first episode. This this episode kind of tacks on to the end of that one. I uh, I told you the, you know, the story about how I knew I was called of God to ministry in the first episode. This episode I want to share with you uh, how I knew that God called me to the city city of Decatur, Alabama. It's, uh, it's a bit, uh, it almost seems random for anyone who may have been watching from the outside, but from the, from the inside, I can tell you that my wife and I knew for sure that God had called us to this city. And, uh, I'll tell you exactly why. So it's, it kind of starts in, well, it starts way before this, but again, I'm going to try not to go down rabbit holes because we got, we'll just make another episode. That's what my rabbit holes are going to be, or rabbit trails, rather. We're going to we're gonna just make a new episode for those things, but we'll start this episode in January of 2020. Um, this is, you know, COVID was a thing, but it wasn't a thing yet, right? Not at least not really in America. It didn't really hit. America's full attention until the middle of March. And so in January of 2020, we were still having church indoors. I lived uh, I lived in Poway, California, not far. We had just moved there actually from from Escondido, California, where we were going to church and uh, and we were helping um in uh the Point Church uh which is in Escondido, California. At that time, the pastor's name was Darren Sargent. And he was the pastor there for I believe 13 or 14 years, uh, maybe a little longer. Um, and my wife and I had been going there for 10 or 11 years and we had gotten really close to the sergeants. We had been really close, you know, to everyone in the church and, and just, uh, really involved in music and teaching, preaching. Uh, my wife was involved in Sunday school. I was involved in outreach and discipleship. We were just, we were just, a part of everything. If they needed help with something, I would I would run the media. I would do sound, whatever anybody needed help with. I was just I was just there. Um, looking back, considered myself you know kind of a vital part of that church. I didn't really think of it that way when I was there. But as we got ready to leave, I did. I thought you know I kind of had some moments where I felt guilty that um, I might leave. And, uh, this is the ignorance that I had of thinking, you know, if I leave, like who's going to do all this, you know, and, and God, 
obviously had a plan for that. And there's so many wonderful people that stepped up and did more than I could even do and probably better uh, after we left. But I do recall having some some uh, bit of regret or remorse uh, as we got close to leaving because we were so heavily involved in this church and had been for so long. And so in addition to that, I got so close to my pastor and I'm a very loyal person. Um, I'm not someone who would betray you. I, I don't just, you know, ditch people like I've, like if we get close, we we're close forever. You can, I've got some friends out there probably listening right now that's shaking their head like, yep, it's, that's true. Uh, we're, uh, we're going to be friends forever. And I was very close to brother Sergeant, sister Sergeant. And, you know, I would have done whatever they needed me to do. They would have, if he calls me right now, I'm pausing this, this recording and I'm going to talk to him. He's, he's that, uh, important in my life. And, and I, as I got close to him and I watched how it affected him to see other people leave the church. And we had people leaving California all of the time because it's very expensive and there's opportunities that seem better in other places. And, and I watched when people left the church, how it affected my pastor and he confided in me in some of those, uh, situations and, and then I felt like God was calling me to leave. And I was like, I have been almost like a shoulder uh, for him to lean on when other leaders like, and I'm not just talking about one or two people. We're talking like a, do- like a dozen couples or more that were high level leaders in our church. And it's not like we had a, me- it wasn't like a church of 2000. We're talking like a church of 120 150 max at one point and and like nobody you know like a a strong cup think of like like that strong couple in your church that's like you know everybody looks up to them they they're involved they're heavily relied upon imagine that that couple getting up and saying hey this is our last sunday uh we're going across the country to minister in some other state, right? Or I'm taking a job somewhere way far away from here. And that happens once it's like, Oh man, that was bad. But when that happens like a dozen times, it's, it could be hard. And I, I watched that happen to my pastor many times and nothing against those people. I felt like in most of those cases, like it was meant to be. Um, and, um, but it doesn't it doesn't take away the pain of watching those people leave and so i didn't want to be on the other end of that and say well now my wife and i who you've grown to rely on and trust in we're going to leave too and but at the same time i knew i knew that god was calling me to plant a church i just i knew it like i knew i was not called to go take over another church or be voted in at some, even some small church that needed to almost start over. No, God called me to start churches. And, um, and I'll talk about more about why I believe he called me to start churches later. Um, primarily short story is I believe so that I would be able to learn the process and be able to teach it to other people. 
because I think there's definitely a need for teaching in that area. And so um, I knew God was calling me to start a church and can't start a church inside of another church. So obviously I had to leave eventually, but I didn't, I just, I couldn't have that conversation with my pastor. So I kept avoiding it. Part of me avoiding it was also because I felt as I always have inadequate in doing what God has called me to do. Even though now I know that the, the reason why I feel inadequate is the very reason why God is calling me because he doesn't want someone who thinks that they can do everything and doesn't need him. Uh, you're in your weakness. He is strong, right? I mean, it's the Bible, but, uh, you don't, I mean, it's easy to say now in retrospect, but when you're living it, you're like, I'm inadequate. I can't do this. And, um, uh, so I, I was hesitant just like the dream that I told you about in the last episode. I didn't want to go up there and accept the calling that God, had given me. So I kept coming up with excuses. The last excuse that I held on to was, you know what, God, I know you're calling me to plant a church. All right. But you haven't told me where, I don't know where. So, you know, if you really want me to go somewhere, then you got to tell me where, like, obviously I'm not just going to get up and start walking like Abraham did. (laughs) So, so, um, so I kind of had that, that was like kind of my last excuse that God decided to take away from me. And in fact, um, in January of 2020, Pastor Sargent was preaching. And um, in that service, I felt God telling me, you need to go plant a church. I felt it stronger than I had ever felt it before. So I went up to the front at the altar. I began to pray. And a lady walks up to me. And she says, uh, and I remember as I was praying, I was to myself, I'm saying, God, I I know you're calling me to plant a church. Just tell me where. And I'm praying this and a lady walks up to me in the altar and says, God's already told you to go. And it doesn't even matter where you just need to go. And I was like, okay, um not the answer I was looking for. I mean, I wanted specifics like, you know, a zip code would have been nice, but, um, latitude, longitude would have been better. Uh, like give me exactly. Um, but it was pretty vague, but that was the answer that God decided to give me. And that answer led me on a journey of faith, uh, that eventually ended with us knowing for sure what city he wanted us to go to, but he didn't give us the name of the city at first. He just told us to go just like he did with Abraham. Um, so then now all my excuses are gone. Right. But the last thing that I was holding on to was that loyalty thing. I, I, I was very loyal to my pastor and I could not go to him and say, I'm leaving, taking my wife, my three kids, we're going to start a church. Um, and if I asked him to leave and he said, no, I would have stayed there and I would have never been able, I would have felt like I would have been more frustrated. So I just didn't even bring it up. I was like, I just can't do it. And so in January of 2020, after 
I got that word that said, it doesn't matter where you go, just go. Um, I went to prayer and I prayed. I said, God, if you want me to go plant a church somewhere, and you're telling me I can go anywhere now. That's what I just heard. So I'm going to go to Hawaii probably. Um, if you really want me to go, you know, you you made me this way. Like you created me. And I cannot go to my pastor and tell him I'm leaving. So I said, one of two things must happen. Either you speak to my pastor like you've spoken to me. And, and tell him that I need to leave and plant a church and have him communicate that to me so that I will have his blessing and release or speak to my pastor and call him somewhere else. One of those two things has to happen because I felt like if you called him somewhere else and he got opportunities all the time to go other places, but he knew he was called to Escondido. So when I said that, I had very, I had like, it was like, I knew I was speaking the impossible because I was like, he's not going somewhere else. He's never going somewhere else. Um, so when I, yeah, I was like, that's just not going to happen. So if it does happen, it's obviously God, right? So I was like, God, if you, if he went somewhere else, I would feel like I would be released to, I mean, he wouldn't, I, I don't think he would expect me to move with him somewhere else. Like if God called him to take over church in Alaska, my wife and I wouldn't be expected to pack up our three kids and leave Southern California. I would do it. Um, but I would, at that point I would feel like a release, like, okay, well, if you're going to take that church somewhere else, I can leave here. I don't have to stay here before I become super loyal to the next pastor like I know I would if I'd stayed, um, I'm going to go do what God's called me to do. So, so one of those two things, either he tells me to leave or God tells him to leave. That was January. I just went about my business, going to church, going to work, praying, spending time with family, just whatever for the rest of all 2020 hits, COVID hits, we're having church outside. So some things were different. It wasn't exactly just going through the motions or going through the, you know, going with the flow. And, uh, we get to October, 2020 and my pastor sets up babysitters, his, his daughter to watch our kids and invites my wife and I out to eat at a nice place. And I'm like, what is happening? Right. Um, and so then uh, he sets us down to have a discussion with us, and it didn't take me very long to realize where the discussion was going. It seemed to me that he was about to tell us that they were leaving. Um, I didn't know for sure, but that I kind of had a feeling about it. And so then he asked me, before he told us that they were leaving, he asked me, where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? And I said... I just, like, I felt a release. I would have never said this before this night, but I felt this release when he asked me that, to be, to just say it. And I said, I, I hope you're planning a church somewhere. I don't know where, but I know I'm going to be planning a church somewhere. 
And of course he said, well, I didn't expect that answer, you know? Um, and I said, but why, why, why do you ask? And so then he, they, him and his wife, sister Sergeant, um, told us how they were, they were leaving the Escondido and, um, and they, they were going somewhere else. They didn't, they didn't know where they were going at that time either. Um, but they knew that they, they had to leave. And I said, how did you know that you had to leave? And he said, we've had three or four confirmations this year. And I said, okay, when was the first one? And he said, the first one was in January of 2020. I kind of chuckled. And I remember saying, wow, I, I may have caused this (laughs) because I prayed for one of two things to happen. And I told him, you know, that I prayed for one of these things to happen because I couldn't tell you that I was leaving. And he said, well, listen, now that that has happened. And by the way, and I won't share his whole story. He has a podcast as well. It's called the Darren Sargent show. Uh, you can go listen to more of his story on that podcast. But uh, he had multiple confirmations that this was supposed to happen uh, again, starting in January of 2020. So he's, you know, he says, well, listen, now that I know I'm supposed to leave and you know that you're supposed to leave, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to help you any way I can to, to make, to make what God has called you to do happen. Like whatever we can do to help you guys, we're going to do it. I said, okay. So that was October. Uh, sometime, I believe it was in November. He had another conversation kind of with me in passing, like, where are you going to go? And I said, well, like I said, God told me I can go anywhere. So, um, I don't know. I was looking at maybe Nashville, but I, I had called a friend of mine. He's a mentor and a friend. He was my youth pastor for a while when I was a teenager and now he's a pastor near Atlanta. He planted a church there. And so uh, as a Metro missionary, and so his name's Lane Coon, and I, I, I trust him, I look up to him, and call him often for advice. And, and so I called him and told him all of what I just told you guys on this podcast. And um, I told him how, you know, I was thinking about Nashville. I mean, if I can go anywhere, I, I wouldn't mind... Living in Nashville, I love Tennessee. We like going to the Great Smoky Mountains. Uh, my family lives down in Alabama. They're not that far away. Uh, I could go visit them more often. I think it would be great, you know? And he's like, no, I don't go there. And he gave me reasons why I shouldn't go there. And, and so I took his advice. And and so then I'm telling Brother Sergeant, you know, kind of in passing, how I had considered Nashville, but I'm not sure. And, and then he said, well, you've got family and friends and connections in Alabama. Why don't you go there? And I said, well, and I gave him some silly reason. And um, he then proceeded to tell me that my reason was silly. And I said, I know it is, but that's my reason. And he said, we'll pray about it. And I said, okay, I will. Well, after that conversation, he then apparently had a phone call with a friend of his who happens to be a pastor in Alabama. 
and uh, in that conversation, and it wasn't even like it didn't sound sound I wasn't on the phone call, but it didn't sound like it was like anything official or anything. But it was kind of just in passing, like the pastor in Alabama said, "Well, if he's from Alabama, tell him to come plant a church here in Decatur, and I'll help him." And he happens to be a pastor about 20, 25 minutes south of Decatur, Alabama, and uh, in Hartsell, Alabama. And at that time, he was the presbyter over Section 2, about 15 or 16 pastors in Alabama in Section 2, which is mostly like Morgan County, Limestone County, and parts of Jackson County, I think part of Marshall County, uh, is Section 2 of the Alabama district. So, you know, as the presbyter, he's, he's got some pull over at that time over who and where new churches can be started. So, uh, he kind of, but it, like I said, it sounded like it wasn't serious, but it was enough to get me thinking about it and praying about it. I had never heard of Decatur at that time in my life did I grew up an hour and a half from here but I didn't know anything about it so I started looking at it on Google Maps doing little tours of the downtown area on Google Street View reading Wikipedia about it learning as much as I could about it and then I just kind of you know nothing really happened then that was November of 2020 but in December, I, I went home to visit family in Alabama, um, and I was there. We were, the plan was to be in Alabama with family for Christmas, Christmas Eve and Christmas, and then get up on the 26th and drive up to Tennessee and go uh, to the Great Smoky Mountains with my aunt and um, a couple of aunts and uncles and my mom and sister and wife and kids, and we, we all went and got some hotel rooms and went to Gatlinburg for the the holidays, but I was there in Alabama for about a day and a half or two. And the district superintendent of Alabama, who's over all the sections and all the pastors, who just so happens to have been my pastor growing up, uh, Brother Davison, lives about 10 minutes away from my mom's house. And it's Christmas Eve, and he texted me and said, are you in town right now? I said, yes, sir. And he said, I think he may have asked me, like, could I preach that Sunday? And I said, well, I'll be in Tennessee. And he said, okay, well, can you come over tonight? Are you busy? And we weren't planning on doing anything else Christmas Eve night. I was just kind of at my mom's house. And uh, he said, it'll just be for a few minutes. Just want to see you. So I said, sure. And so I drove over there and um, sat down. Uh, with him on Christmas Eve, and I was like, I was like, oh, we're not interrupting anything with your family. He's like, no, 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 I just wanted to talk to you, and and he had asked me. He said, um, um, are so you're planning to plant a church? And I said, yeah. And he said, where? And I said, I, I don't know where, but I have thought about Alabama. And he said, you know, the Huntsville area would be a good place if you if you were to come to Alabama that metro area of Huntsville is growing right now. And I said, I said, actually, I, I did consider the city of Decatur 
which is inside the Huntsville metropolitan area and, and I did notice that that area is growing quite a bit um, in population it seems to be getting ready to explode and grow even more and and uh, he said yeah Decatur would be good and we talked a little bit about the history of Decatur we at one point had a very large United Pentecostal Church in Decatur um, and so we talked a little bit about that and then and then he said you know here's what we'll do how about you know you're busy it's the holidays he said how about February or so uh, you come to visit I'll you come preach for me and then we'll um, we'll go together we'll drive around Decatur we'll pray about it we'll go tour the city and and see see what's going on so I'm like okay and so I'm just like at this point I'm like well let's just go check it out like there's no no commitments are being made right and so I didn't tell anyone at all about this except for my wife because I didn't really I didn't want anyone especially in Alabama to know because I didn't want people to get their hopes up in case we did decide to go to like Idaho or something so no one knew except for brother Davidson and my wife and when I flew into Alabama I met brother Davidson we drove to Decatur but on our way we stopped in Hartzell and we got in the truck with brother Britt who was a presbyter for for that area as I mentioned before and um, so we drove from his church in Hartzell up to Decatur we drove around Decatur together that day it was a Wednesday morning and nobody knew I mean I flew in on Tuesday night and we're doing this Wednesday morning I hadn't talked to anyone else other than my mom and she didn't really know what I was there for I just told her I had a meeting with Brother Davidson which was true and I really didn't want my mom to know like I said I didn't want them to get their hopes up and then uh, because it's obviously my mom's dream come true for us to to move back to Alabama and I didn't want to have her see that possibly happen and then be shattered if God called us to Alaska and so um so we just so I kept it I said I'm going to meet Brother Davidson and so went like I said drove around to cater with Brother Davidson Brother Britt had some lunch with them in Priceful um Libby's Cafe and fell in love with that place instantly <laughs> and then um ended up staying there longer than I anticipated because of weather and uh, I saw a miracle happen while I was there, which I'll share in a separate podcast when I talk about miracles. Um, but then uh, while I'm there, I, I decided to go visit Brother Britt's church on a Sunday morning. Loved the service. Lo- I saw what was going on with the kids. And, and I thought, you know, my kids will love it here. So it's not that far away. We can base out of this church and have our, you know, have a place. I think it's important as a church planner to have a place to go instill fellowship with people because if you're just out there just you and your family going to church every Sunday and you're preaching to your kids only and and that and that's how it starts I mean that's how a church starts but uh, I think it's important at least I do to stay connected to another church and um, 
not necessarily as a daughter work, not necessarily for financial support or anything like that. I mean, that's great if you have that, but really just to be connected to the body of Christ, like to be connected to other believers. So I thought, man, this, this could work. And I had a good feeling about Decatur when we drove around it, had a good feeling about uh, the church that following Sunday morning when I visited it. So we drove around Decatur on Wednesday that night. I went and preached at brother Davidson's church at his midweek service. And I saw a friend of mine there, brother Adam Maddox, who is the youth president for Alabama. And, um, and so I, you know, we've known each other a long time. I'm hardly, I'm not in town often. So I said, Hey, do you want to grab lunch tomorrow? He said, well, I'm working. I said, where do you work? And he said, I'm working in Huntsville. I said, okay, I'll drive, I'll drive up there and meet you for lunch. I'm not, I have no plans tomorrow. Um, let's do it. So, so I drove up there to meet him for lunch and I, before I even got to sit down, before I even got to shake his hand, he said, are you and Michelle moving back to Alabama? And I said, what makes you say that? And he said, I drive to Huntsville every day for work. And he said, for the last six months, when I drove through Decatur to get here, I prayed for that city, that God would send somebody who preaches the oneness apostolic truth to that city to start a church. I've been praying for six months. He said the city is over 50,000 people. It needs it needs five churches there. But at least let's have one. And at the time we, we weren't aware of, you know, not everyone was aware of any, you know, any other oneness apostolic churches indicator and so it was a sincere prayer um, that he had and he said last night after you preached at Brother Davidson's church he said I went home and I felt like God told me they're the ones that I'm sending there I'm sending Jake and Michelle to Decatur and he said, I told Melanie last night, his wife, he said, I told her last night, Jake and Michelle are going are to come back to Alabama. So I immediately started drilling him like, who told you? I'm like, I've kept this top secret. I'm the best secret keeper that there is. Like my wife gets upset at me because I keep secrets from her. And when she finds out like later, like. She's like, you didn't tell me that you knew, <laughs> like if you tell me a secret, it is, you might as well put it in a safe at Fort Knox and throw away the key. Like I don't share things, uh, if you tell me not to. And so I'm like, who told you? I'm like, brother Davidson knew brother Britt knew. I asked them not to tell anyone cause I didn't want my family to know until we were sure. And I said, how how did you find out? And he said, nobody told me. He said, except for God. So how could he, I mean, 
the skeptical say, well, somebody told him. I mean, this is not a man that would lie. Like, this is, number one, we've been friends a very long time. He was very sincere. Number two, um, he's a pastor. He's a minister. He's the youth president. And I'm not, it's not above, he's not perfect. Like, I'm not saying he can't fail, but if you're skeptical and that's where your mind goes, like, oh, he must be lying. Okay. Well, it's, it's very unlikely. I know it's impossible because I know him. I know his character. But if that's where you go as a skeptic is like, oh, well, there's the explanation. No, it's. That was confirmation to me. No one knew that we that's that we were even considering planning a church. Like my my family didn't even know yet that we were leaving that we knew we were leaving California. We didn't tell anybody. We hadn't told anyone in our church. Actually, I wanted to. Uh, but my pastor asked me, not don't tell anyone in the church yet because I don't want them thinking that everyone's leaving at the same time because he was leaving soon. And he's like, I don't want them to, you know, that's going to be a hard hit on the church in California, Escondido. I don't want to tell them like, oh, everyone's leaving at the same time. Let's all jump ship. So, so not like nobody knew, like we weren't, nobody was telling anybody anything. And yet he, he kind of he confirmed to us that that that's you know that's where we're supposed to go so not only that as soon as we realize okay this is where we're supposed to go like i already was feeling it when i went there and i drove around i was like it felt good then i had a very close friend confirm it through a word that he got from god that I mean, he could have pulled any city out of a hat. Like he could have been like, "I feel like God's calling you to Madison." Like I feel like God's calling you to Huntsville, Alabama. Like, but the city that we went and visited, there's just there's no other explanation other than God confirmed that that's where we're supposed to go. And I took it as that. I said, "Okay, this is a confirmation." So then I said, let's make this happen. What do we have to do to make this happen? Well, we got to pack up our family. We've got to move 2,000 miles. This is not an easy thing to do. we got to find a place to live. So that's the next miracle that happened was how we got our house. And I'm going to share that on the next episode because we're already at 33 minutes right now. So on the next episode, I'm going to tell you some of the things that happened leading up to the starting of this church that doesn't just things that don't just happen. Like these are all, there were too many coincidences. If, if you would, if you wanted to try to assume that this was all happenstance, there's, there's too many of them to the point where it's like the most likely explanation is that God was setting things up for us to come here and late and not letting us do it, but he did it. He made a way for us to go where he called us to go. And he did it very quickly. Like I want you to imagine for a second that 
you knew you had a family of five and you knew that you needed to move 2,000 miles away, like, how quickly do you think you could do that? Like, how much planning? You, If we're honest, like, it would be months, if not year or two of planning that move. But God made it happen, like, within, like, a month or two for us. Like, it was fast. And things just fell into place. So, I'm going to share that story in the next episode. And I hope that this story has added a little bit more to your measure of faith. The things that, that led up to, I mean, the answered prayer from January 2020. Like, it was immediately answered. I didn't know until October that it was answered. But immediately after I prayed, God called my pastor to another city. He now lives in St. Louis. That prayer was answered immediately. And then all the things that kind of happened to point me to Decatur and then have a confirmation from a trustworthy friend that God spoke to me and said, you're going to this city of all cities. The day after I came to inspect the city, I mean... If that was, you know, if if I lived my whole life and that was the only two things that happened, I might say, okay, well, that was just coincidence. But these kinds of things happen all the time when you're in the will of God, when you're following the path that he has placed for you. It happens all the time. And I think it happens so much so that we forget to tell people about it because we're just like this is commonplace now like things like that happening it's like oh god did it again okay but i want to try and bring back the magic of those moments i've written some of them down and i want to share them i want to preserve them in this podcast and i want i want you to experience it and if you've never had those kinds of moments in your life where you're like this was a god moment like god made this happen there's no other explanation then i want to encourage you to seek those out pray bold prayers search for truth be hungry and passionate about what god's will is for your life he will show it he will If you desire to do His will more than your will, He will make it happen. And even if you came to this podcast episode today with just a small little piece of mustard seed faith, you can move mountains with that. You can move mountains with that. God bless you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of A Measure of Faith. We'll see you next time.